0: And I'm Caitlin Crutcher. And this is
1: Let's Get Real. So first of all before we even start this episode I just want to let everyone know that I am talking in a British accent. Yes I am. I'm doing so because I'm practicing for an audition. That is Friday. Next week I will be back to normal but until then I am nailing my audition. So thank you. Thank you very much. Anyways okay so today we're talking about mental illness and what mental illness includes, what it looks like. Um, So basically, if you don't know what mental illness is, it's a wide range of conditions that affect mood, thinking, and behavior. It can also be called mental disorders, and some of the most common disorders are clinical depression, anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, which is mood swings, which, you know, you have depressive lows and manic highs, um, dementia, ADD and ADHD, which is attention deficit disorder, and attention deficit Deficit hyperactivity disorder, Um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and schizophrenia, which interferes with the ability to think, feel, behave, and autism, which is a developmental disorder, um, and that interferes with the the ability to interact and communicate. So I know that... Oh, and PTSD. So I know that some of these... um, probably sound familiar to you. And just me as an individual, you really don't think that mental illness is as common. But just off reading this list, I know or could name a couple of people um, that do have some of these disorders. Um, So it's really, really prominent in society. And I think people kind of glaze over it, graze over it, because it's not as directly influenced or talked about. um, And people don't always understand it or know what it is if they don't experience it firsthand.
0: Yes, I, yeah, basically, um, and like Char mentioned, like these, these disorders or illnesses, um, I've to decide which I'm going to talk about, which word I'm going to use today at some point, but um, these things are more common than you would um, really expect, and like Char mentioned, she knows a couple people I know, like looking at the list and reading it off again, I'm like, wow. I. Literally could, everyone. It's literally. Pretty much. I could think of someone for every single one of these that I know personally. Which is frightening to think about. This accent's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be like me I so to, I bad, want to use an so
1: <laughs> No, I'm using mine with a purpose. Anyways. I
0: just mimic <laughs> the way other people talk when they talk with me. Sometimes I do that too. It's so weird. Exactly. Anyways, I'm going to try to talk like myself. If Sorry, I pick we, up we digressed. On, if I pick up an accent later down the line, just ignore me. As such. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but mental illness and what it includes so basically um i think a lot of people don't understand the severity of some of these mental illnesses and how people can use them out of context or not use them in their correct context so Mm -hmm. when people say like oh my gosh i have to clean my room i'm so ocd if i I can't focus about it or Mm -hmm. um oh my gosh i just failed this exam i'm so depressed or um i have like such bad anxiety i can't talk to this guy but like like using it as a um Is a crush. A trait. Yes, it's a. Like a characteristic. Exactly. And it's in reality, these things affect people um, on a very extreme level. Um, It definitely
1: does. And like I think a lot of these on this list are also since they're so common. Even though it's it's weird. It's like mental illness is not always talked about, but some illnesses or disorders are really common, and then people kind of like downplay them because of how common they are. Mm-hmm. They've almost become like a some sort of like insert into our society as like I'm sad like kind today. of like the gay reference. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like no. No. You lost me. Okay, so like when when I was a kid and in school, like people would kind of talk to guys, or if guys would talk about like I don't know, crayons coloring or something, and like oh I like this or I like that, I'm like oh that's gay, you know what I mean? But that that's not the actual depiction or definition of what it is to be gay, but they used it as an adjective to describe how someone was acting or what they were doing, even mm-hmm. though it's in the wrong context. Does that make sense? It does. Or did I kind of just? It makes sense maybe it's just a diff completely a different, different category yeah. but that's kind of yeah. what i think about though um, like i feel like people use these as They're using them incorrectly. Oh, I can just throw this word around, or I can throw this term around. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where what I was getting at is no, yeah, it's not taken as seriously, or and it's like lighthearted when people talk about it because it's not that serious to them. Exactly,
0: and it's and I think that's part of it is like people don't recognize like the severity that these things because it affects other people. It affects, and then the other thing is like with downplaying it, they use it so frivolously. I like the word. Um, (laughs) So they use it so frivolously. They do, though. And it is. And then for those that do have it, they're Mm delegitimized because of it. So it's like, oh, my goodness. Like I mentioned before, like, I just I don't want to do my homework. I'm so depressed. But like in reality, depression it's more than not when you do your homework. It's more than, like, you took okay. an L on exam. It's, like, you can't get out of bed in the morning because you're, like, literally depressed. You don't want to eat. You don't want to, like, move. Like, you don't want to do a lot of these things um, because of it. Same thing with anxiety um, where you're literally too anxious to do things. Like, you don't speak to people. You, there's, like, a lot of things that, like, people don't understand the severity um, with the disorders because it's, like, it is and it is a spectrum. Like, you can mm-hmm. have, like... Um, these disorders, to an extent, and there's all, yeah oh, you know, yeah you're talking about the, the the spectrum of the disorders yes yeah, and so like with that there like there can be a spectrum of like some people have um who do have OCD um a friend of mine a friend of a friend I guess has it um and so she. It's very subtle, but it's and it can still interfere with your life. So, like I went to our house one time and I sat down and I was like looking at something that was hers, like that was like in her living room. Mm-hmm. And I picked something up and I was looking at it, I was like, Wow, that's so cool and then I put it back down on the table. Um, and then when she walked back in the room, she picked it up and put it back in the exact same spot it was when it was like originally there. Mm-hmm. And then kept on moving. Um, and that's O C D when things have to be so specific. And then O C D can also come in with doing patterns a certain way. Like you have to I don't know if you all think about how you tie your shoes, but like and put your shoes on. Some people it's gotta be like left sock, right sock, right shoe, left shoe, right shoe. Tie it this way. Mm-hmm. Um lace it this way. Like everything's gotta be like very specific. Everything exactly. has a place. Exactly. And I remember watching this video on someone, it was like um it's like a through the eyes of thing and Through the Eyes of Joe. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was called that, but um shout out that. That though. used to be a program here. Oh, shout out that. But, um, no, it's a video of, like, what is it like to have, like, an obsessive-compulsive disorder, and mm. it took you through, like, the day of, like, an individual, and there's, like, a lot of, like, triggers as well associated with OCD, where, um, with, like, the shoe thing, okay, you put your shoe on this way, okay, fine, you're, like, out the door, you need to, like, check, like, look at something three times before you can leave, or, like, check the temperature in your house before you can leave, or, um, you like, And then when he was walking, he's like walking to class. Like a simple task. If you don't really think about, like, you put your shoes on, you put your jacket on, you go to class. Mm-hmm. But he would go, and he couldn't walk through a pile of leaves. Mm. Like he would, like, he couldn't, he just couldn't do it. So he had to, like, go around. Um, he couldn't step on cracks. So if he stepped on a crack, he had to, like, go walk all the way back home and start over. And in the video, he steps on a crack, and he's all, like, he freaks out, and he's like, it's fine, I'm going to get home. It's going to be fine, it's going to be fun Like, he was very, like... um I guess like, I don't know the word, but he was very like emotional about stepping on a crack. And while mm-hmm. it seemed like such a small, slight thing, it can be very What's big to them. It's big to them. Um, and so that's when people say like, oh, my gosh, my room has to be so clean. I think I have OCD or like I'm so OCD about like my notebook or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, like it's like to an extent, I understand what you're trying to say where like, you need to be organized, but you could just say organized. I agree. So I agree. that's that.
1: So, then, another segment we wanted to touch on was how the disorders treated are treated in the u s. Um so, there's a lot of history behind um, mental illness in general, mental illness, and what people used to do like how it used to be treated and the stigmas behind it so there are still stigmas behind it today um but back uh, back in the day the stigmas were a little bit different um, a little harsher yeah way harsher um extremely actually i actually remember doing i can't remember if it was a paper or if i just had to do some research but i did something about mental illness in high school and stigmas and how they treated people with mental illnesses um back in the day and it's really unbelievable actually it's 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 i don't even know it's it's hard to look at it's hard to like digest because the methods that they used was so and it's so regular it seems like it was so regular to them but it was extremely violent um and heartbreaking heartbreaking really um so but anyways in the first half of the 1900s, um, asylums or mental hospitals were the testing grounds really for controversial treatments like electroconvulsive therapy and lobotomy. Um, if you're not familiar with lobotomy, it is essentially when they take like, um I believe it's metal, mm-hmm. like a metal utensil, a medical utensil, and they like basically just nick you right in between your in between your eyes. And it lobotomizes you. That's, that's a bit more than that. But No, there's more. Yeah. Basically, right though.
0: That's kind of well, yeah. well, from a medical I'm standpoint From a medical standpoint, there's quite a bit more. Um, <laughs> but, not but to lie. But no, lobotomy, it's frightening. It's the after effect though. Is what because I was they, getting at. They literally just mix up your head. They, like,
1: can you talk after some or, people
0: can't. Because they literally go... She's trying to I'm be sorry like me.
1: guys.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I enjoy talking I'm gonna, like I'm going to
1: stop pointing it out so she not doesn't feel you. so awkward. But, um, um, yeah, it's it's because I saw um, something, about, an article about it, and it's basically you can't talk, like, you can't, you can't... You will eat and, you know, physically do, like, the things that you were supposed to do, but you're just mentally
0: not there. Mm-hmm. Like, literally... So it separates parts of your brain is -hmm. what they're doing. They literally go and mess up your head. Um, And they literally use it on people with OCD. It's a type of brain surgery. Mm. They literally conducted brain surgery on you as a way to To get get you to not have OCD. That's the extent that we're talking about. So when you say, oh, I just have such OCD. I can't organize my... Like, I have to have an organized notebook. If you said that back in the day, it'd be like, you have OCD? Come on, I have an experiment for you to, we can mm-hmm. fix that. And they would cut your brain open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's,
1: yeah. Definitely differently, um, different. A different kind of way to handle mental illness. Um, It was more so targeted towards there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Like there's something in you that's wrong and we can fix it. Which... I mean, technically, I guess if you want to look at it like that, that's what medication and things are for. But these were they tried to. Yeah, there were extremes. And then they they tried to fix things without um, actually doing the proper research and actually doing like the proper things that they should have been doing. And because there was a stigma around it, they didn't care what. Necessarily happen to people afterwards, Mm -hmm. which is why lobotomy. Even though they saw what it did to people, they continued to do it. Yeah. Um. Because people who had mental illnesses were looked down upon, and more so, kind of okay, let's get rid of them, or let's put them somewhere so they don't interfere with
0: society. Exactly, and that's where like the asylums come from. I don't know if Mm -hmm. y'all saw American Horror Story Asylum, but that's I actually went to. Oh, that's different. That wasn't an asylum. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah no and like an asylum and a lot of them were you know through religious groups mm-hmm. um some of them were through the government like um just through hospitals like they were through a variety of ways and everyone had their own opinion on like how to fix people and i think that's kind of like what they used to cut out people's like like pieces of their, their skull mm-hmm. they would do wild things to people um and then like electro convulsive therapy so literal mm-hmm. shock therapy um to try to do things to you just to basically to scramble your brain because they think that there's something wrong with your brain so, so let's scramble
1: like, it and make it right if we shuffle it
0: again <laughs> we shuffle the cards maybe they'll be in order this
1: time like that's but that's um, what they were
0: doing and it's insane and people were left with disability more disability if they even had one to begin with mm-hmm. really things yeah. that were irreversible yeah and they have to be in homes their entire weren't you saying before yeah were talking i um, before early about this
1: yeah i um i worked at a a um uh, what's it called what's it called you a group home? Home. group home yep i worked at a group home and this one man who was in the group home so wait basically when we first got the uh, the job or whatever and we got hired we had to do this training and part of the training was understanding what mental illness was and what um, medical mental hospitals were in asylums because we had to understand where some of our residents come from because they actually mental hospitals closed in the 70s and 80s which is not super far away from where we are today it so a lot of 2018, people 2018 about to be 2020 yeah so like. not not a lot a long time not even fifty. Years. A generation so now. um a lot of people who go to group homes now or um who are part of group homes and get care that way come from mental um hospitals that closed and so one of the guys that i worked with came from a mental hospital and you know it, he had what did he have um he, i'm not sure what it was but it was um he was pretty regular though like and i won't say regular like they're not regular already but he could do for himself you know he ha- was of right and sound mind um i think people make mental illness out to be that you're we- like you're special like you're a special and you know sometimes depending on what it is it, it can be um but they're just like everyone else that regular people they have desires they have goals they have um needs and necessities um i actually really enjoyed working where i did work it's great to Be able to help people and allow people to attain what their goals are, and not let something like mental illnesses hold them back or unsupportive families hold them back. Um, So, but yes, he came from a mental hospital, and it it traumatizes you as well. I mean, that's one. There's certain things that you can't do with people like that, or certain ways that you have to behave because some things are triggering for them, um, or painful for them to relive some people don't like we watched a video about this man who um didn't like to be touched Mm -hmm. like he was fine but he just he didn't like to be touched there was something about it that he didn't like physical contact like he didn't hug people he didn't um, hold your hand like and it wasn't a personal like oh well you know I I just don't know how to empathize or I'm not like he just didn't like to be touched and there's nothing wrong with that you know just Mm -hmm. because typical society likes to show affection through um, through physical contact but it's little things like that that people will take and alienize someone else um for the way that they are or the things that they require in order to feel comfortable in society Um, and so it was a very interesting experience um, and I definitely learned a lot more about mental illness and just mental hospitals in general and how people used to be treated and it's definitely something that I think doesn't get talked about enough because those people are still in our societies they still need care they're still and a lot of people forget that mental illnesses sometimes with that stigma comes with their family as well and people's families won't come visit them or they won't um, you know like really be a part of their lives and that's a really really big determining factor of how they can even get over their mental illness or get better or make progress because they need everyone needs a support system Um, and without that it makes it harder just that much harder for them to continue on and try to strive and struggle and push through what it is that they're going through um, so it's definitely a great, great experience. Um, but, yeah. So um, from the mental hospitals closing, though, when they closed in the 70s and 80s, a lot of people were left homeless, um, which kind of goes into why we have so many um, group homes and different organizations that have group homes or in-home care. Um but others were people who had a lot of intellectual disabilities or brain damages, um, who mm-hmm. remained institu- institutionalized in care homes for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah, so it's definitely something that I think it's grazed over a lot I think- um. Because I also think it's because it's an older population. It
0: is. It's an
1: older population. It's not so in our faces that people have to acknowledge, oh, wow, like this is actually going on Mm -hmm. because it's rare for you to see people who um, have mental illnesses. That's why it's so alienating, really, because it's it's rare for you to see that in society. Like, I remember I, I went to a campus one time and there was there was some boy. I think it was here hmm. when I first came here as a freshman. Um, there was a boy who always walked around on campus in pajamas. I know exactly who you're talking yep. about,
0: and um, I believe he's on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's not that it's, would not have been not, seen. Yeah, and back in when asylums and things like that were being used and practiced, he would not have been able to get an education here. Mm-mm. He would not. He would have been And it's so up.
1: limiting because the fact that he is here and the fact that he is getting an education here just shows you that these are people.
0: They're real people. I completely
1: agree. Um, but it also shows you the fact that that was even odd for me to see. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that they're so separated Exactly And even when you think about it Growing up in schools And things like that They had special rooms And like this They kind did of, They did And this is They had special classrooms
1: mm-hmm.
0: They weren't really They didn't interact with people At all um I at remember least people that. like on,
1: yeah and because i used to go to i was um at my elementary school we used to have special education and i remember because it was always this one hallway that no one would go down because that was a hallway that the special ed had their like classes in and so mm-hmm. people tried not to go down there was like one room they had one classroom and they would always be together. They wouldn't intermingle during lunch exactly. time. And they like, had their own lunch time. They would
0: always like, and you know, and part of it, I don't want to say it's like part of it. It's I think it's institutional it's true, and society's gotten to the point where it's like if there's something wrong with you, not necessarily wrong with you, but like if there's something, not normal. if you have some some form of disorder, um, you what, are what's considered normal. Yeah, you're ostracized and we've developed a society where it's like, it's okay to ostracize people and you, you turn your head away. You don't look them in the eye, like, and in classes they're separated and they're, you know, and if people, and I think part of it, like at a young age, like it's understandable where like some, um, Things like you said, like, with the um the guy that doesn't want to be touched. Like, things mm-hmm. like that. If you're, like, five years old and you want to go hug everybody, you're not going to understand that. Mm-hmm. But when you get older in like, middle school and high school, I think that students should be integrated. It's not so weird to say, but, like, yeah. integrated <laughs> into the classroom. So, like, when you come to college, because you come to come Because it prepare them for the real world. Exactly. Because people like that. And then my question is, what if you have children and your child has a mental disorder or illness mm-hmm. or um disability or thing like that? Then then what is it that you are going to do? I think that's you... different for people, though, because then it
1: hits home and it's like, well, this is my child. I exactly, have to... and now I care about the problem,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. And then that's where, like, that narrative comes into play. Well, now it's my problem, so now I have to care about it. Mm-hmm. But if it's not something that you're directly affected by, then why do you have to care about it? But this is why you should, because it's other people, and people are people, that's all. And we should all love people. Exactly. <laughs> um, but with that, I wanted to mention as well... Um, how the lgbtq community was seen as mental illness, and i that's where yeah, yeah, it was for a long for a very long time that people. the the systems in place from that are still present today um with a lot of families and things like that. I but remember watching movies about um like camps mhm that they're able to
1: yeah. And it would be the same like shock therapy, yes, conversion um, therapy, conversion to being straight, like forcing you to wear forcing certain you, things, forcing yes. you to do
0: certain things, yes, and forcing people. And they would, um, for like I know, like for gay men at least, they would do um, like shock therapy where it's like they would show you like men, like naked men or something, and then like so they do um, like the Pavlov's dog essentially to you and associate a naked man with, like, pain. A negative With, feeling. like, pain. And they do, like, the shock therapy and things like that. Um, it's
1: like training animals.
0: It is. And people aren't animals. You shouldn't even do that to animals, really. I, I mean, was... I would hope that you don't shock. Like, you wouldn't shock your dog, but you need to look, tell your dog well, to ta- Actually, <laughs>
1: people do have people, those. Those, those collars, Yeah, those, <laughs> those collars.
0: I'm Ooh. like, oh, my God. That's, yeah. With so With the, like, horrible. invisible fence and everything. Yeah, and that's... That's that so sad. Fun. I don't think I could do that to a dog. I think I would just have to get a regular fence and be like, you know, you just got to stay here. <laughs> this is your home. It's fine. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I mean. right. Um, but anyways, I kind of, we kind of touched on it a little bit though, moving forward. Um, it's just how these disorders are treated today. So I think that um, there definitely still is a stigma surrounding mental health and mental well Um mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do you think that it's changed? And like, I think that methods have changed.
1: I think methods of dealing with them have changed, but there are still mental hospitals. People still don't treat people right in mental hospitals. There's still a stigma. Even people who work in places that I work don't treat people the way that they need to be treated. Although I will say that those places are in place to change what has been done in the past, and I think that it helped um, because even though you get people who don't do what they're supposed to do and just come for the paycheck although i was there for the paycheck i did care about
0: <laughs> I... I did care wow. about um, wow okay. but really
1: though i you care like because at that point someone's life is invested in in your hands i mean mm-hmm. it's up to who you are as an individual of whether you care or not really yeah. um but it's it you get invested like mm-hmm you do you realize these are people's lives and you're you're, you realize wow like your your mom didn't visit you this week or your family hasn't visited you in months or you know like i'm your only i'm your only contact or we're your only contact like Mm -hmm. and you become their social interaction you take them out to go to a concert because no one else is there to do so um and The fact that they have that available for them, I think is great because I don't know what would happen or where they would be without it. Um, But I also do think that it's changed the way that people look at it, because now we have people who are actually hands on seeing what it is that's going on understanding the illnesses and now that we understand them and can care for them in the proper way um mm-hmm. and understand the different things that they may or may not like or what they may or may not need um it changes the whole idea of mental illness um and how people approach it because i know that just from working there that i look at mental illness a different way exactly so it really just put, you have to be willing to educate yourself um and yeah once you educate yourself you really kind of dive in and see what it is that is actually going on um and how how they're really they're people they're just people too who need love and care and adoration just like anyone else um and you really become that that family to Mm -hmm. them that they don't have anymore and that's
0: definitely present for us for like older Folks that do have mm-hmm. these things and that have lived through. I mean, even in old, like, or so.
1: nursing homes or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, the same really applies it, it in really that all regard. Applies. Too.
0: Um, but so. Do then, you feel like it
1: affects more of the older population or it's just that we're not exposed I to think, the younger population that it does affect?
0: I think that. Because they've grown up like that. The older population, they. I think the older population has an impact on how the younger population views mental health and how we interact about it because Mm. um the older generation um they grew up with the mentality that mental health and mental illness and disorders and things like that that just means you got the crazies Mm. um you're just insane and you get locked up for it um and so they kind of perpetuate the negative stereotype of like oh you're just like there's something wrong with you um stay away from it you could catch it Mm. um whereas in that impacted our generation now so that um if someone tells you Um, It opens up and they're all like, "Oh, I have anxiety. What do you say? Do you shy away from them? Do you like, you know, I'm saying like people in our generation don't necessarily know. Yeah, and people in our generation don't really know what to because it's It's like, oh, you're not normal. Exactly, like, oh no, I need to stay away from you. I might catch it. Mm. And in that regard, and then it's, you know, when people say like, oh, I might have this, I might have that, then it's like, anxiety is very very common. common. Anxiety is very common. Depression is very common um PTSD is more common is not and it, it I doesn't also think mean going to
1: war to get PTSD. People don't like to
0: open up about it for that very reason Exactly. Too, because because mental health is so people with mental illness and things like that are because so ostracized looked down upon and, and it's, it's like, like well, there's something wrong to say, Well yeah, I do have anxiety, but I don't want you to think I'm weird. And you don't and I think it's also like a um what's the word? I can't think of it now dang it I lost it um <laughs> it's gone it really just poof. it flew away guys it's, yeah, <laughs> it, <au revoir. laughs> adios um it's fine um but when people really do like open up and explain to them like oh I have like this mental and that's how honest, you understand that's how you understand but then in the same vein um people who have them may not want us to be seen as something they need to be taken care of but i think Mm -hmm. there's like another double standard where it's like like, i don't want you to feel sorry for me exactly and that's not something that people want as well um so there's a double standard and that's the thing why a lot of people don't really talk about it but i think that our generation that same vein um has become more aware of it Mm -hmm. and i agree we have conversations like this about Mm -hmm. mental health and mental illness and things like that to um educate ourselves and just like to make it a much more common discussion because there's so many people that are impacted by it. So Mm -hmm. why are we so quiet about it? We're a woke Um, generation in a lot of different ways. Our, my professor is obsessed with millennials in our (laughs) generation. And she's like, if I could be you all, I would like, y'all are so cool. She's like, like, she studies millennials. Like that's her like research focus. And I'm like, all right, that's funny. If you want to research, like you want to interview me sometime, I got you. But like, I don't know. Um, But but yeah, um but yeah so then um I want to talk about a little bit. I'm going out of order here. But then what how do you think that um gender plays into mental health as well? Honestly, I don't think that I have
1: a lot of first-hand experience with mental health for me to distinguish um, the difference between how men and women are treated with mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Although I do know that there is a difference, I will say that it's it's more of a the masculinity effect um, with men and mental illness It's it just falls onto everything else with emotion and all the things that they're not supposed to show that they have or that they feel. Um, I think that impacts how people view mental illness around women and men. Um, but I also do think though, at least maybe in media or with media representation that men are the ones who are showcased more with, um uh, mental illness. I could be wrong, but in terms of like, how so explain that? Well, when you watch movies and I'm speaking purely from a media standpoint, not okay. factual yeah. like numbers, but, um, in movies and like TV shows, it's, it's usually men there are women it's a lot of women but you also see a lot of men depicted in media with as the ones with mental illness or filling mental insane asylums Mm -hmm. or mental hospitals um I always notice the men first
0: well I think with that I think maybe I guess like I don't know how to word it but um as far as like the media goes It could be interesting to know that how when men do convey their emotions and to um, with mental illness, they kind of are considered like an extreme of emotions. They're always an extreme. Yeah. It's always an extreme. Um, And so with that, though, because men are supposed to be so um, emotionless and rigid and stoic and everything like that, Mm. um, it becomes an issue of, not necessarily an issue of, but like when men break that norm, then it's something like extremely wrong. Mm. Whereas women who are like the foil to men, which I loved. I just learned, not learned it, but like someone, I took a, anyways, a, <laughs> I went to like a little seminar thing. It's fine. Um, yeah. But like, so men and women, like they're foils um, where men are to be the everything that a woman is not. So, and then when men are then like this emotional creature that's doing this, that, and the other, it is just. Very, like, you know, if, if they had, like, a bipolar disorder where these manic highs and extreme lows and um and just very overly emotional and things like that or reckless or whatever, you, you may have it, um which are traits that, like, a woman is expected to be. Not necessarily expected, but, like, a woman is an emotional being, an emotional creature and everything like that. And so when a man breaks that norm and it becomes emotional, then it's like, oh, my goodness, there must be something really wrong with you. Mm. Whereas with women... Um, at least, and like like you said in like media, I think that they kind of do have to have like that extreme of the men to kind of convey that message of like for there's something to be wrong with men, they have to be extremely emotional, which conveys the message that emotions are bad for men, um which perpetuates the negative impact where um which masculinity has on mental health for men um where. They're encouraged to be, like, emotionless, which teaches them not to learn to deal with their emotions. And Mm -hmm. it's a very vicious cycle that they could fall into. Um, But in regards to, like, how it's treated and, like, talked about, I remember in um, high school, I didn't even think about it as this way. But in high school, we were learning about mental health. We had a speaker come in. It was this girl. She had, um, she battled with, like, anorexia and bulimia for a Mm -hmm. couple years during high school. And she came in. She, like, had recovered and stuff. Like she was in recovery for and everything. Um, And she came in and talked to us about it. And she's all like, well, first of all, I want to say that mental health and mental illness is not a white girl's disease. Mm. And I was like, huh. And, like, I never thought about it as such. But once, like, once she said that, then I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not as it is, but, like, it sees that. Like, yeah, like, media
1: doesn't depict... Um, or just in general you don't see a lot of
0: other races mm-hmm. having these kind of disorders I agree analysis. so I think that was kind of something not it's all about like, representation it is um, representation art reflects life life reflects art all that jazz um, but yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you guys couldn't see but I did jazz hands <laughs> she was thoroughly shocked <laughs> I didn't know she <laughs> she probably didn't even know what I was doing. Okay. I didn't know Side I was like, What's going on. Um, sorry. Um, I have jazz hands. They're great. Um,
0: anyways, I thought you were <laughs> waving at me. I was like, it's trying to signal something. <laughs> What's going on? No. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then we kind of talked about this a little bit too is that we've definitely changed the narrative on mental health. I agree. It, it's been changed. It's much more positive
1: than it has been in the past, but I think we could still go got, a long way. Definitely got a, lot, a long way to go. There are definitely um, resources on campus, um, mm-hmm. as well that kind of that you can use or utilize for things if you want to talk about mental illness. First of all, I always say RHDs, but like I really think that people kind of forget how close to home we have, um. Help for anything, really. Um, mm-hmm. But to like to write Love on Her Arms is a RSO. Um, it's a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people who are struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. Um, and it exists to encourage, inform, and inspire. So it also invests directly in treatment and recovery. So that's something that if you are very passionate about mental illness or... Um, you're battling with mental illness and you need a support system or you want to get the word out or raise awareness or literally do anything in relation to that, Um, to write love on her arms is a great RSO to go to. Shout out them. They're on um, our campus
0: as well. Yes, they Um, are. And their website is literally TWLOHA, literally the acronym, Mm -hmm. um, dot .com. And you can find a lot of different resources as well on that site um and then also on our campus we have the counseling center which mm. um it's in, in faust. faust it's a hike i did not used to know that i had no idea where it was i don't know why i thought it was in the uc for some reason it's like the longest time, i thought
1: it was in the education building why would it be in the education because building? that's where the the counselors are are well, they really some counselors see the more you know
0: <laughs> um yeah, so they have. I and literally can, walked into the. I walked into the
1: um into the office like, hey, um, is this a counselling centre? You this asked where the are I mean, I mean, what else you supposed to do though? Yeah, so. like that? Yeah, like that. I thought that's where the um. I thought that's where the office was, and <laughs> it was. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Like there's some counsellors in there because I had a meeting with the counsellor, mm. and so like I'm like, oh, this is where the counsellors are, but they're like, no, no. You were probably late to that meeting, then weren't you? Um, you know, I was not actually. I was oh, on wow. time, I was early. Um, there was someone in there before. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. There it is. <laughs> okay. See,
0: see, there it is. I'm through. Um, but yeah, so they're located in Fast, Fast Hall 102. Um, and you can call them to figure out more stuff, but you can make appointments. Um, you can also, I believe, not necessarily refer, but if you are concerned about a student, there are resources for you as well there. Um And they just provide a variety of services for students. um, So it's a lot. It's great for you. And there's like individual crisis things, support groups. Therapy dogs um, during um midterms and finals. Yeah. I found out recently that apparently like I think every Friday they have therapy dogs. Mm-hmm. it's It's becoming a new thing. Yeah. So if you catch me on a Friday in Faust, I'll be mm-hmm. petting a dog. <laughs> I'll so. be with mine. Home. I might just go to Shar's and pet her dog (laughs) on any other day aside from Friday. I'm through.
1: Um, But yeah. But yes, guys, so that concludes our podcast for today we really hope that you learn something from this mental illness um podcast and help a friend help yourself um definitely utilize the resources that we have here on this campus i hope you enjoyed my um work in progress british accent and caitlin's Intermittent, intermittent. <laughs> Her accent. like off and on. It's off and um, on, off but and yes, on again. quite a bit. It's fun. <laughs> this is let's get real, and we really hope that you guys enjoyed our podcast. We will see you next week. Adios.